All right, we back at it. Rails Rants Reloaded. Uh, if you can, like, subscribe, uh, sign up to the podcast, YouTube. We're doing both at the same time. We get straight into it. What we're going to talk about today, right now, is ownership, owning platforms, and pretty much being the boss of what you're doing. Um, everybody's getting money or trying to get money or, or on an entrepreneurial path and they're using the certain tools that are out there for them to succeed. People with podcasts, just like myself, YouTube channels, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, this, that, and the third, creating a whole bunch of content, whether you're selling stuff or you're giving opinions or you just just vlogging or blogging about, um, you know, things that you're interested in or you want to promote. At the end of the day, what we're doing is beneficial for two people. It's beneficial for the platform. But at the end of the day, the platform doesn't do anything except give you a vehicle to reach more people that are pretty much using the platform. It's like a landing pad or an airport per se. But at the end of the day, they really don't do anything and you're the one that's dishing out all the content, all the material, everything. And if you're on YouTube, you might do it to get monetized or you might have affiliate links. You might be selling something, this, that, and the third. But at the end of the day, you're not in full control of your destiny because the platform has its rules and regulations, which kind of can be a double-edged sword. Because even even with a platform, let's say like a platform like uh, Twitch, where people video game and the stuff that just happened with Dr. Disrespect and him getting banned off of the platform. Now, you're getting on a platform every day. You're creating a whole bunch of content and you have other people that are, I would say, content creators, but they might snatch his content up and chop it up and make a best of and help him build his brand and get money and this, that, and the third and get viewership. Now, you're making money. Money's coming in hand over fish. You're very successful like a ninja or a uh, uh, Dr. Disrespect. And all of a sudden, the platform that you are utilizing and getting most of your views shuts the lights off on you. This is a problem in, I would say it was a problem in the entrepreneur space because you have to have complete ownership. In my opinion, you have to have complete ownership. Even with me doing YouTube and recording the podcast right now at the same time, I'm on two different platforms that at any given time could flag my video, not like what I said, ban me, this, that, and the third. And I don't make a lot of money off of YouTube. I just use it as a tool until I get what I want and put it on my own platform. But I will still utilize it, but I won't depend on it. And when content creators, YouTubers, Instagrammers, 
uh, social media specialists, whether you specialize in something on social media, when they get comfortable like this, it's real dangerous to just give your all to a platform that has its own rules and then can just take the rug from under you and shut off all your money. This is what's happening right now with Nick Cannon and Viacom. Nick Cannon has been making money with Viacom and for Viacom for a very long time. And it's more than just people would think that he's just making money off of them or with them with Wild and Out and some of the shows that he hosts. But he's been making money with them since Nickelodeon, random TV shows that he hosts, Wild and Out. And he said some things on his show, on his platform. I think he has a podcast. And he was having an interview with Professor Griff. And he spoke the truth. And they saw his truth or the truth as being racist and anti-Semitic, which at the end of the day, being a black man, you can't be racist because you don't control any of the daggone <laughs> networks to shut somebody down or to stop somebody from getting a job or getting a slot like they did to him. Ain't that the pot calling the kettle black? But you have to realize that when you play this game, and it is a game, you have to play it the right way. And then when you're willing to cash all your chips in, then you can go off into the lanes that you want to go into. Was Nick Cannon wrong for saying what he was saying? Not at all. Should he have said what he had said? No, he shouldn't have said it. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm not going to play devil's advocate. It just goes back to what I just said. You have to play the game accordingly. It's like what Michael Jordan said about uh, Clyde Drexler. Michael Jordan said, and I quote, Clyde Drexler is just a good, he's, he's a player who is just as good as I am. But I know how to play the game better. And when he said that, it had nothing to do with basketball. It's rules to this shit. You could go to Dame Dash route and own everything and be a boss, this, that, and the third. And that's cool. That's what I think a lot of black people should do. And people in general, let's not even keep it about a race, but it is about a race because if this was somebody else on Viacom talking about Trump, they probably wanted to did, did him like they did Nick Cannon. But when you are a top brand affiliate, you have to play the game a certain way. You have what is called public persona. And if you veer off of that squeaky clean image that is marketable, yeah, you will get benched. They did the same thing with Rick Ross, not Viacom, but I think it was Pepsi when he said something about, uh, he, he had spit a verse talking about putting Molly in somebody's drink and then raping the chick. Is it right? No. But this is the game you play when you want to go for the quote-unquote bag. When you want to go for the quote-unquote bag, it's certain rules you got to play by. Michael Jordan played by those rules. Squeaky clean. Sometimes I dream. Haynes commercials. A whole bunch of... It was more than, more than just selling sneakers. He had Haynes commercials. He had Gatorade commercials. He played the game. He was a public figure, a role model. Even with Jay-Z... 
even with Beyonce, Tyler Perry, Oprah, they might not do a whole bunch for black people in a whole, but they knew how to play the game and be accepted by the public and loved and not looked at as other quote unquote black celebrities. Diddy, Diddy also. They knew how to play the game. They could swerve into different boardrooms and situations and create money for themselves. They knew how to play the game. They wouldn't touch certain issues or subjects in public because it might go against the status quo of the people that are paying them to be in certain situations, certain projects, certain initiatives. So when you got people that march and do all of this stuff and they're going against the status quo and they're saying F the police and this, that, and the third. When you got a person like Jay-Z that gets an invitation to the table of the NFL to talk about the situation, it's because he played the game differently. Nick Cannon was playing that game for a long time. Then he kind of got too pro-black too fast. Like, if you're going to get too pro-black, it's like I say with Jay Morrison and the reason why, my opinion, the reason why he only targets his products and his niche as far as black upliftment and then his uh, master classes to black people because you can't sell that shit to white folks, Asian folks, Hispanic folks once you go super pro-black. They're not just, they're not going to go for it. So you're pigeonholed to sell to one demographic. Nick Cannon started this podcast and he was having people, I wanted to say that are uh, people that are, you know, just kind of controversial, have views, have truths that the white bourgeoisie dominant society do not want to hear. And he had um, the dude from Public Enemy on there. I forgot the dude's name, the the, the 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 one of the S1Ws, the leader of the S1Ws. And, you know, he going to talk that pro-militant shit. And they talking about, I guess, Moors and Hebrews and Israelites and being the, the original Jews. And Viacom was not having that shit. Because at the end of the day, they probably, Viacom is owned by Jews. And Viacom owns BET, VH1, MTV, uh, 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 and shit, I, Nickelodeon, they own a whole bunch of TV shows. So whenever he said what he said, they were like, oh, hell no. Mind you, that wasn't even on their platform. He's on his own platform, on his own podcast. He did not free himself from the chains. Now, I was looking at a Vlad TV episode, and I really don't even like to say the dude's name, but it was something about wilding out and he had one of the old cast members on there and the cast member was saying like yo um viacom was and he and the, the the whole question was why didn't he go back to a second or third season of wilding out this that and the third and he was like yo wilding out was the pawn and was the fluff, like the fluff girl. If you if you know what porn is, in the porn game, they got a fluff girl, somebody that gets you hot or whatever. They were the fluff girl for 
different TV shows. So if Viacom had a TV show on VH1 and the ratings wasn't that good, they would take uh, Wild and Out, they would take it off of BET and put it on VH1 right before the new show goes on. He was like, they did that many of times to boost the ratings because people go to watch Wild and Out. And then if you're just watching Wild and Out, you got three, four consecutive episodes. After that, they'll put one of their new shows on primetime and then you're sitting in the house looking at that. He said they did that shit around four or five times and was not trying to give these folks more money. It's like, okay, we are warming up every show that you have that is not hot and making it hot and bringing the viewership in. You'll take us from BET, put us on VH1. Take us from VH1, put us on MTV. If BET got to no new show, you take us from VH1 and then put us back on BET, so on and so forth. So you got to realize Nick Cannon made a lot of money for not just Viacom and not just his show Wildin' Out, but for a whole bunch of these shows on these different networks and gave a lane for a lot of these other shows to grow and build an audience off of his leverage of that TV show. So it, 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 it goes back to as far as being an entrepreneur and, and especially in media, we have to start owning our own IP, intellectual properties. We have to stop putting all of our content. It's like Gary Vaynerchuk always says. He, he says everything except website. He says, put everything on TikTok. Put everything on YouTube. Make content for Instagram, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok. Boom, 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 boom but never tells you to put your content on your own web page, your own website. Sooner or later, we're going to have to stop putting all of our content on everybody else's platform and create our own platform. Like a dude like Gary Vaynerchuk, he plays the game. He knows what to say. He knows what not to say. You'll never hear him say anything about politics or race relations. 45 black people could get killed by police right now in front of him, and he will not pick up the phone and, and, and record it, screenshot it, or make a podcast about it. But he'll tell your ass to make a whole bunch of content on Snapchat and Instagram. So we have to start realizing that in order to be 100% free, we have to come up with our own lanes. We have to come up with our own platforms. See, it's a difference when you got a dude like Nick Cannon and a dude like Alex Jones in InfoWars. Alex Jones could have said the same exact shit that Nick Cannon said and flipped it and made it a, a white supremacy rant and nothing would have happened to him. Even if something did happen to him, I think they banned him off of Facebook and Instagram and all of this other shit. Even if they did ban him, he still has his platform, which is his website, which nobody can take down. That's his. He is not dependent on YouTube. He is not dependent on YouTube and monetization. He is not dependent on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, any of these platforms, LinkedIn, 
None of them. Because he solidified his own platform and made it what it is. And I looked online. They said he makes around 20 to $50 million a year off of his own platform, website. They call it a TV network, whatever. That's what we have to start doing, making our own lanes and not... It's all right to leverage, but we can't go all in with these platforms because once you say some shit that the status quo does not agree with, you're going to get banned, you're going to get flagged, your money's going to get cut off. You can have a good long run because a lot of these dudes just don't flip overnight. They might do two, three, five, ten years of going constantly on YouTube videos every day, Instagram videos every day, Twitter videos every day, pics, content, uh, 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 blogs, vlogs. And then you start to build up traction and you start to get comfortable. Then you one day you get wacky and you say, you know what? All gay marriage should be, be, be banned. And all of a sudden, everybody gets in an uproar. You start getting strikes and they shut you down. And you didn't have your own platform to back you up. Rails Rants Reloaded. I want your, I want your feedback on this. Um... At the end of the day, I'm going to stay with the mentality of we need to make our own platforms, our own websites, our own networks. Everybody's not watching TV. The TV is now the cell phone, the smartphone, the tablet. And that's where all the... I'm making this content right now. I'm making the content on video on a cell phone and I'm doing the podcast on my iPad. Both of these things are 100, 2,000 times smaller than the TV that I'm looking at right now. So it makes no excuse for why we shouldn't be putting these things on our own platforms, whether it's in a video form, text form, or audio form. Rails Rants Reloaded, like, subscribe, share. I'll holler at y'all later. Peace.